0: Hey folks, it is Tuesday the 20th of September 2022 and it is episode 129 of the Phil Swallow podcast and I'm calling this one Being a Part of History and it's obviously got a theme about the Royal uh, goings-on and morning period and uh, official events that have taken place over the the last few days since really since my last episode I think which is a very brief catch-up one so there's some other bits and pieces of news that I'll tag on to the end but the timing of this this doesn't fit completely with my usual weekly schedule as you know regular listeners that's not always that consistent anyway um. But it's because we've now sort of entered the end of the public mourning period, because the state funeral was held yesterday, Monday the 19th. Uh, The Royal Family still have a a kind of set period of a week, but of course, as you know in real life, these things actually in your head, they take much longer, but I'm just going to talk about uh, really events from my perspective, things that I've been involved with and uh, activities that I've done, because this platform if nothing else it gives me an opportunity to, to just record those thoughts and they're there for history um therefore being part of history i guess in a way through this modern format so uh, i mean the queen someone mentioned the queen of the world now look, that might be over egging it a bit she was certainly the queen of of our area <laughs> our country um but she was recognized throughout the world uh, you don't have a 70 year reign and you don't get involved in things like World War Two, and then all the way through to a new century um, without, you know, without leaving your mark. And that's just something that that marvellous lady did so very well. Um, so it was a very sad passing, you know, I mean, she was 96. We knew it was going to happen soon at some point. Um, and because she'd been doing duties, official duties, just a couple of days before, uh, it was quite a surprise. But uh, as I mentioned, that was just just at the time of my last podcast. Now, I I look to get involved in events and record events if possible. Um, my, my sort of YouTube channel covers, I guess, mainly local history, but also it's travel and it's a bit of kind of regular day-to-day um, activities. Um, and I decided to get kind of quite involved in this because of the sort of monumental size of it all, really. Um, and I did some research on that Friday evening that I put the podcast live and I wanted to find out what sort of things were going to be going on because there's all sorts of news coverage um, you know, the the Royal Family were involved in moving around the country and, you know, sort of escorting the Queen's Body back from Balmoral to London and various other kind of formal um, activities and things that they had to be doing um, but one of them was the formal proclamation of the king, where there's a, a privy councilor meeting and you know documents that have been around for many years and centuries have, are signed. It's all kind of brings together the sort of legal and the and the royal and the chartered sort of way of things. And then uh, the proclamation it, proclamation itself is read out with a you know fanfare and some of well, the king's guards and read out at uh, Friary Courts at uh, St James's Palace. I would say that's the first one, because after that, it was read out in the City of London and then around the country over the next couple of days. And I thought, well, it's 10 o'clock at St James's Palace. That's the kind of internal element of it. And then the balcony where it's read out, you know, a scroll-like, read out to the crowd, the witnesses, if you like, that takes place uh, a bit later. So I thought... I'll go up there, I'll take my little DJI pocket 2 and uh, sort of extending pole stick thing uh, to try and get above the heads of a crowd, and uh, I'll see what I can do. Now, I'd felt a bit rough that morning from what I recall, and I didn't rush to go. In fact, I think I let a train go. I ended up getting the 8.30 train from Hayes in Kent, a local station. And that got me to Charing Cross at round about 10 past, quarter past nine, and as I was walking towards the Mall <clears throat> to go towards St. James's Palace, so this, this was my plan. It's not, you know, I must get in at all costs. Uh, if that was the case, I guess I would, and others would have probably queued and camped out. But when I, when I was walking down the Mall, <clears throat> I noticed that lots of people were clutching flowers. And obviously it was a, it was a weekend. This was the Saturday morning. Uh, people are going out and about their business. And I thought, well, it looks like they're trying to head towards Buckingham Palace and ultimately maybe on to Green Park because I think the railings and sort of gates and things at Buckingham Palace were starting to get filled up and eventually they moved over to Green Park to to have the floral tributes. And I thought, well, actually, I wonder actually whether people know, lots of actually said, I wonder actually whether people know that this is going on. So, walking down the mall, I'm seeing people walking past me, clutching their flowers and I divide... Divided, I diverted over towards a queue that was forming in the sort of entrance road. Uh, it's possibly Marlborough Place, but anyway. The entrance road to where St. James's Palace is, it's where the changing of the guard guards come out, <clears throat> and um. I waited, Uh, there was a few hundred people there I think and a few joined behind and we had a lovely chat with some people who were from North London and then some people from Houston in Texas who actually had come over their tickets for a Buckingham Palace tour you know, one of the normal touristy tours but uh, you know, they couldn't but they managed to get into this anyway, I noticed that there was uh, we were in a kind of pen, an informal pen there was like a barrier and I noticed initially the queue went beyond that back up the mall towards Admiralty Arch, those of you who know you're London. Uh, and then, when I looked a bit later, I saw that the barrier was down and there was no one else behind it. So we were in this pen and that's when someone said, oh yeah, they've capped the numbers at a maximum of a 1,000 to stand and be witness to this reading out of the formal proclamation. So I thought, well, that's cool. And you know, here's a guy who's got up there at 20 past nine for something that starts at 10 indoors. Um, and I got lucky. I got extremely lucky, and I was really, really pleased to be able to attend. Uh, so I recorded a video, um, a bit more about the technicals that later, because it's kind of wide angle the whole time. I didn't really have a zoom option then, um, and I. But it was okay. It was you know, put it up on YouTube. Uh, a bit of commentary here and there. It was quite a short event, really. And to be honest, after that, not a lot happens really. Um, so. Uh, You don't actually see the King there. There might have been some transport. I can't remember. It's all been a bit of a blur the last few days. Um, And I think I just made my way back to Victoria then. Probably have to check the video myself to find out what I actually did. But anyway, that was the main thing. That video is now live on YouTube, as I mentioned, I think. But it's there anyway. Link is in the notes to this podcast. So that was the first kind of event. That was on the Saturday, the 10th. And then... I thought, right, well, the next main event that we could see in a public capacity would be the procession of the coffin. So it would have been transferred down from Balmoral to Edinburgh, Edinburgh to London, uh, London via car on a very rainy night into Buckingham Palace. But this was a more formal procession that was going to take it from Buckingham Palace along the Mall round Admiralty Arch, Horse Cars Parade, Whitehall, and into Westminster Hall, where it would lie, lie in state. So I thought, well, I'll go up a bit earlier this time. There was, there was something online about queuing to get into the spectator area starts at 11am on that day, and I thought, well, I'm going to go up earlier than that. I got up there at about half nine or so, um, walked towards the area. I was able to walk along the kind of outside the front of Buckingham Palace between um, Birdcage Walk and the Victoria Memorial Fountain. And then I walked from round the roundabout, that's outside Buckingham Palace, up to the Mall. And then it was a case of finding uh, a slot. And I did notice that the crowd was... It was two, three, four deep, but only because people were spreading spreading themselves out on deck chairs. I thought, well, I'll keep going. And the thing that I was conscious of is... As a backdrop to my footage, because it was all going to be a video, I didn't have a stills camera with me at all, apart from phone. It was all going to be, what's the least worst backdrop that I could have? What's going to be in my way? What what will I accept? What will I prefer not to (laughs) accept? And I saw a a place, and I was the second one in from these people that were at the very front, and I chatted to them. They'd been there from about seven-ish, there or thereabouts, so a good two to three hours before me but I was able to get the next line. Um, and I, in terms of gear, I bought my monopod uh, so I could then put the proper camcorder video, sunny video recorder on, and then hold it up above the crowd. And that worked pretty well. Um, it's in edit at the moment, the video for that day. Um, but all in all, it was good. It was friendly. The atmosphere is so special at these things. Uh, I first sampled it when I did the Platinum Jubilee filming, obviously back in June. Um, but it, there is an atmosphere all of its own. It's quite hard to describe in some ways. So I recorded the procession. So we were there from 10. The procession started at 2.22 uh, and lasted about 40 minutes or something. Um, and weirdly, the security was so tight, you couldn't actually get even over the road, even over the mall. They didn't open any crossing points at all for hours, a couple of hours, it seemed. Maybe it was quicker. I don't know. Um you're almost on an island, the area of St. James's Park. Uh, and there are a few stories of people not being able to get out. and It was a bit weird. But um, So I managed to get a cup of tea and a bag of crisps. That was about all I could get. Uh, all the kiosks there were cash only. And then they wanted the right change. Very strange in this day and age when we're all tapping and moving on. Anyway. Um, and I was chatting to Sue and sort of resting my legs and stuff. And I said, well, look, while I'm here, I want to get to Green Park and look at the floral tributes that have been building up. So that was something that I mentioned earlier. At the time of the proclamation, they were talking about Green Park. Well, obviously, that was formalised over the next two to three days. Um, And that was quite a long walk. Uh, They established... I I, I ended up having to go back out of St James's Park at the Victoria entrance, basically the way I came in in the morning, almost. Um, Then I had to walk all the way around the perimeter um, of Buckingham Palace, I'm not sure it might be west, but anyway, it's the kind of back garden, if you see see what I mean of Buckingham Palace, big wall, you know, security and barbed wire and whatever. All the way along um, to Green Park, and then you can't go in the first bit, you have to go along, there's screens up. I mean, the the logistics for all this was incredible, the security uh, and safety teams that were on board, the police, uh, the military, and that's really a remark for everything that I've seen over the la- these last few days. It was quite incredible. But they established the one-way, got in there, beautiful. Um, all captured that in my my film that's in edit. Uh, and then after that, I was really tired. So, walked back to Victoria Station, got some nice food from a place called Pure, recommend them, and uh, at that on the train back home. And that was really, really good. So that was Wednesday. Now, on Wednesday, after the coffin had been... Uh, taken to Westminster Hall it was there for around about between 3 and 4pm something like that and at 5pm it was going to be open to the general public some of which had started queuing or at least a couple of days before that possibly Monday um, and there would be a queuing system in place which would snake uh, over from Westminster sorry, from Victoria Tower Gardens just outside the Palace of Westminster this is in reverse, it would go over Lambeth Bridge and then all along the south bank going east, basically Um, and they published that they felt the queue might reach um, I think it was Southwark Park would be the ultimate beginning point for the queue and in some of these places they do these zigzags We're using barriers, you walk up and down and up and down and up and down and it's a way of obviously stretching out something linear into something more compact and still having a distance coverage. So uh, we knew that information, it could be 30 hours. And that that put me off a bit, I must admit, um, because it would be something to see the Queen's Coffin statement is closed, but you know, it's a ceremonial thing. And you start to see pictures on the news. And I thought well, that'd be nice to see. And, and on Thursday morning's news, they were talking to people who'd only taken or only needed to queue for about five or six hours. So I'm thinking, hmm, I am tired from what was a really, really long day on Wednesday. But actually, other than uh, an arranged appointment to take my mum somewhere for medical reasons on Thursday, we had a free diary Thursday afternoon and evening. The weather was great. And it was like, we might regret this. You know, people are already in that early stage. It's only been open, well, sort of less than a day people are always already saying what a powerful experience it was. So we made a decision. We would get back from taking my mum, neck some food, <laughs> I eat food very quickly, and uh, hop on a train and go up there. And that's what we did. We, um, I think the train we got was about 2.30 from Hayes, got up there about quarter past three to London Bridge, maybe, maybe a bit earlier than that. And we decided that rather than Faff around going to tube trains to try and get to sort of Bermondsey area where the queue started. We would just walk there. I mean, you know, we were already going to do a load of steps, so let's just walk there. And uh, we walked along to the location. Um, uh, it was a Saint Saviour's Estate area, roughly, uh, of um, quite a nice part of London, like villagey, and. We'd heard these stories about queue buddies and queue families and all this sort of stuff. And we thought, well, that's bound to happen. If we're going to be in a queue for a number of hours with some other people, we're obviously going to get chatting. And we did, in no time at all. And our queue family was formed, and it was absolutely incredible. I think initially, the uh, some of the party uh, hadn't joined the queue. They kind of joined us round about Tower Bridge, which is actually where we got the wristbands, because they were saying, you're not going to get anywhere near this thing without your wristbands. But we'd probably queued for about 3 quarters of an hour before we even got them they were handed out at um, at Tower Bridge so so there we were we were our family was formed by the time we got to the Tower Bridge area we were chatting and we were getting on really lovely well <laughs> lovely well we were getting on really well and um, which has continued because this was just something so so incredible really people were saying that the queue was a bit like performance theatre that it was um, something that that was a a powerful thing in itself Um, emotional trigger emotion emotion triggering Uh, I can't even say it and I I, as is my want um, I just captured some footage and some stills along the way wanted to record it we unfortunately got a little bit split up when we went to the final stages which for us it was 7.5 hours which is pretty good because it got worse than that before it got better and you go through an airport-style security, you know, no liquids and you know, all that sort of stuff. And we sort of got a little bit split up then from our main group. Um, but, but we had thankfully exchanged all information and we've been been in touch since then, and it's actually been lovely. And um, seeing the, the line Estate was something I'll never forget. There was a, a certain silence that you've almost never heard before, and I know that sounds a bit twee or whatever. Um Everyone's there in the same sort of headspace, I think. Uh, As you enter the hall, you see the chandeliers and you see this vastness and the magnificent wooden roof trusses and structures. Uh, And then you walk down the steps and you file past and you're actually in there quite a short time, really. But it's a really personal time. Um, You know, sort of bow your head, pay respects, however you want to do it, really. It was really special, really special and uh, got home to find out that one of our friends has recorded the live feed. So that was gone into the video. Well, it shows us queuing up and then shows us walking out. It doesn't show us we're in the middle, but that's because you're at the mercy of whatever they put in the feed. So um, yeah, that was, that was really something else. That was really something else. And um, very, very pleased and proud to be part of it. No regrets, uh, thankfully. Um, And I put a video together, used some of the footage and photos that people had, and that's gone down well on YouTube. Um, It went up less than two days ago, um, and when I last looked, just before coming up to record this, it was on about 490 odd plays, so uh, which is really pleasing. So yeah, that was really special. Um, And then on, so that was Thursday. So we recovered a bit on Friday, uh, and we had some stuff in the diary on Saturday. Sunday, Sue also has something in the diary acting related, so I went up with her and took my stills camera and just recorded some images of the queue. Um, this time from an outside perspective, which was nice and better. Um, no, it wasn't. It was um, it was great either way. So uh, yeah, so we did that. Then we met up um, after she'd done done her uh, uh, acting. Thing and we had some lunch at Giraffe on the south bank. So we were sitting down on an outside table and just watching the queues file by the whole time. But they were all having the same sort of fun that we had, I think. So um, that was quite special. And then yesterday, 19th, was the state funeral. Um, So I I got up and got out and did my uh, my sort of walk, including an uphill element to try and get my cardio where it should be. Um, got back, showered and then we were kind of sitting in front of the TV for really the whole day um, because there was the loads of formalities to a state funeral and uh, I mean obviously I'm not going to cover it all here but um, yeah there was the element at Westminster and then procession towards Wellington Arch where the coffin was taken into a sort of car hearse and uh, taken up to Windsor and there was a service there and then a non-televised service in the evening where the Queen was formally sort of laid next to uh, the Duke of Edinburgh Queen's body so um, and that was quite nice that it was just the family for that so yeah so it was a complete morning period it, it it felt like it was um, a month rather than just a, a kind of 10-11 day period really it was there was so much going on uh, and for us we'd only just got back from our ho- 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 ho. we'd only just got from back for us we'd only just got back from our holiday on the Wednesday and then the Thursday we were around at my mum's when the news broke and it all sort of started from there really um but I think the the professionals in broadcast terms have been brilliant the professional soldiers the police the security forces the stewards all done an absolutely tremendous job um so so effective i mean yes there would have been plans laid out but not to the detail that you would need and there would have been some things that they had to react to on the day or that only got passed down later and all that sort of stuff but yeah so operation london bridge was um was put into to plan so uh yes now we're starting to get back to some kind of normal um so i'm going to be cutting my grass later because that's now grown ridiculously long after the rainfall that we had, and it needs it. Um, so those sort of tasks are, are back on again. Uh, and I did actually, in, in the middle of all this, a couple of days ago, I put a video on Farthing Downs live. Now, I recorded that back in April, and then did another element in August. Um, and it needed some sort of internal reviews, but that's all been sort of approved. And uh, so that's live now, and that's getting some nice traction as well. So life carries on. I've got a edit the video from the uh, procession. I did a bit of of work on that this morning. I've got to edit the video from the holiday. So the Peak District video, that's going to be quite a big one to do. Um, And I've still got loads of local stuff to do as well. It never ends, but it's brilliant fun and I wouldn't have it any other way. So that's my thoughts. Uh, Slightly longer podcast this time. hope you don't mind. Um, Have a little cup of tea or coffee or something when you're listening. Uh, Thank you for supporting the show and uh, I'll catch you in the next episode.